Welcome back to A Hamster with a Blunt Pen Knife. Questions and answers. The 80s. Part 2. What what comes to mind when you think of the 80s? Are you talking to me? I'm talking to you. Um, Colin Baker's costume and the Starfield. Oh, I was thinking sort of in general, not Doctor oh, Who. Um, I was thinking like Bonnie Tyler. Total Eclipse of the Heart. Um, the sort of 80s Top of the Pops, like... Yeah, what's that one? Anyway. Do you know this one? Sometimes I feel I've got to... You know that one? Yes. So, this is the 80s, part two, backed by popular demand, because we had 500 questions and another 500 from Fraser. How are you doing today? Good, yes. Yeah. Plenty of questions going on. I'm, I'm sure you do. Don't you try and distract Fred from the fact that it's your birthday today. Congratulations. Right, here we go. I've got Excuse some questions. Me. I'm going to Can try I just and... ask you one question before we start? Yes. Did you have a nice birthday? Yes, thank you very much. Is it lovely? Yes. Oh, that's great. Right. Enough, enough, enough food? Yes, yeah, enough celebration. Yeah, we've had a lot of food. Oh, right, it's a lot of fuss. Jesus. Okay, question. <laughs> I'm trying to work out what ones we asked last time and what we haven't because okay. all these threads on Twitter are very complicated. Well, I say Twitter went mad after you dropped okay. an f bomb about Eric Swartz. Well, Did you read okay, that? let's start off. Did you with read the... that? Yeah, Luke Malloy had a hard on about you getting <laughs> getting mad about Eric's award. Well, uh, the first question <laughs> in the, this section comes from Pete Lambert. <gasps> oh, Pete Lambert! And it, I don't know. This might have been done after the last episode or not. I don't know because he's put. Will Doctor Who Twitter ever get over itself regarding the Saywood years and stop treating it as an aberration when it was one of the most popular errors of the series? Popular turned- what? eras of the series that turned many of us into fans in the first place or has the pendulum got stuck on this one i mean i think the reason why it's unpopular in fandom is because it it was cancelled once and then cancelled for good the second time the ratings took a dive and the show was considered a bit of a joke by the bbc that don't mean there wasn't some fantastic things coming out of the 80s, Doctor Who. But you and I have already said, haven't we? It's very inconsistent. Yes. Compared yeah. to other eras. Oh, eras. Eras. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I mean, I've, I'm not going to go on about this, but I th- I do think it was the, those scripts. What What about Christopher H. Bidmead's era and Andrew Cartmill's era? Yeah, not so bad. Not so bad. They're more consistent, like, aren't yeah, they? They've, the they've got a tone it's about got them. that tone, yeah. hasn't it? Like season 18... I love the whole tone of that and the East Space trilogy and the yeah, and going in from Keeper of Drac and Legopolis going through to Castrovalva. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. And then suddenly you hit Four to Doomsday, don't you? At the sort of the, oh, that's Anthony Root. But towards well, the end of that season, you can sort of tell them that's when the script editor changes, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, we haven't really got anyone." And then Eric Saywood comes in. Well, then you get something then... bold and brilliant like Earthshock, which is a good script, I mm. think. It's a bit muddy, but it's exciting. And then you get Time Flight. Mm. Then you get Ark of Infinity. And then you get snake dance. It's all over the bloody place. But so, do you think then that fandom overreacts a bit about the eighties? I don't think there's the stigma that there was now about the eighties. I think they looked no, um, not at all, no, quite, not quite as much. Fondly. No, I just feel like can I a bit negative. Ask you to make a prediction, please, as yep. to what you think Sarah Chu is going to think about the eighties as you enter that era. I don't know. I have no idea. 
so difficult to tell. <laughs> it is difficult to tell. <laughs> we all figured that she's going to hate, you know, Armageddon Factor and things like this. And she absolutely bloody loves it. So it's very hard to tell with with our yeah, Sarah. Yeah, very, very tricky. Um, next question from Fraser. Okay, go on. Fraser one. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's got to say. It's, so it's snog, marry, or cover in plasmaton juices. Ugh, excuse me. I didn't write that. How do you get juice from a plasmaton? <laughs> anyway. They're like massive white turds. <laughs> well, it's Snog Murray covering plasmaton juices. Do you know he- what? Can I just say something so, very quickly before <laughs> yeah. we go into this question? When he first came on this thing, right, he was like fucking Sister Wendy. Oh, no, she's the one that pours her penises. <laughs> he was like, what, what, Mother Teresa, saying... Oh, stop it, stop it, stop bringing in sex. And now he's asking questions like this. How do you get jizz from a plasmaton? Anyway, so please go ahead. Uh, and the three choices are Peter Davison, Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy. What's that, Snog Marry Avoid? Snog Marry covering plasmaton juices. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> literally just been saying that. Okay, so I would snog Peter Davison. He's the prettiest of the three. I would <laughs> marry... Um, Colin Baker because I think he's witty and erudite and I'm, I think he likes his food as well and so do I. So we can have um, we can linguistic have... battles. Yeah. What's it? Igno what? Talking reviews like having an argument with a thesaurus. <laughs> do you remember that from the one doctor when he's arguing with Christopher Biggins and I jizz all over Sylvester McCoy because he's always... I mean you've uh, taken that as as jizz. It's just covering plasmids on juices. Well just it for the record... Sylvester McCoy, I know you're on Twitter saying how much uh, Rihanna was your favourite. Oh my god, I can't believe that Rihanna thing. That is so funny. What, what happened? Re- Someone did it as a joke, saying, <laughs> you know, like fake shows his news, uh-huh. and then he's read it and thinks it's real. So then he's done a video being like, "Oh, Rihanna!" <laughs> so you know, done a special. Oh, that's glorious. I mean, I just think it's amazing. Sylvester McCoy knows who Rihanna is. Well, just as, uh, well, you can take it as written, um, uh, I want to say Sylvester McCoy, the Seventh Doctor, I'd happily jizz on you with plasmaton juice. (laughs) (laughs) What's next? Okay, next. Actually, I'm just going to do another Fraser one, just on the same thing. This is Snog, Marry, or... Best question. Snog, Marry, or Throw Under the Murka. What does that mean? Throw Under the Murka, like... What? I don't to know, be humped by the murka? No, no you're, put, you're putting words into these things. I think... Throw them under the murka. It could just trample them. Okay. Don't have to have yeah. sex with them. <laughs> Imagine the murka having sex with you. Okay, well, it's Tegan Perry or Ace here. probably well endowed, you know. <laughs> the murka. Tegan Perry or Ace? Oh, no, I know. I've just said that about the murka. <laughs> Rogering one of them. Okay, well, he's going to roger... But the murka can roger Perry... Because she's just used to it now. She's She's been obviously... Well, all that stuff in Planet of Fire about her stepfather. There's something sinister going on there. Then she, she's she got horrible slugs and Mr. Joe Bell and um, Shock Eye lusting on... So the murka can trample Perry. And she'd just scream red off. What's the others? Tegan and Ace. What, Snoggle Marry? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll marry... Oh, Tegan. But Tegan now with a sense of humour... And I'll snog Ace. She'd probably be good for a snog, wouldn't she? Sort of okay. rough urban girl, you know? <laughs> rough urban girl? Yeah, I bet she uses a lot of tongue, Ace. Mm. I'll ask Mike Smith. Okay. 
Um, next question is from Mikey and Janie. Oh, Mikey. Or Mikey from Mikey and Janie. He's fabulous. Like, I've still got to do the end of the colony in yes. space. But honestly, need to do that. he was fabulous on that. I must get that sorted. Anyway, Mikey, what um, do you have to say? Which two 80s stories would have been better with A, the next, and B, the previous Doctors? If that makes sense. So which, which story would have been better so with the next Doctor? So you've got doctor? an 80s story. So say you've got... A Peter Davison story, which oh. would it have been better with? I've got, I've got it. The next, I've got it. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually okay, going to give a serious right. answer. I think Time and the Rani would be better with Colin Baker, right? Because uh, as far as I know, Matt Michael was saying that was originally to be Colin Baker's last. Well, they wrote story. it as that, and then Colin was like, "I'm not coming back for that." That he was gonna, he was gonna be the one with the bangles at the end. And explode with the brain to stop the you know the Rani's brain from going back in time and bangles. changing. Yeah, you... <laughs> not not the bangles. <laughs> Close your eyes, give me bangles, your hand, bangles. darling. Do you feel my oh. heartbeat? I'm oh, sorry. Um, though yeah, you know those bracelets, the explosive bracelets they put oh, around their their that's feet. How... Co- Colin Baker was going to get. I mean, that's probably <laughs> death, that. death by explosive bangle. I mean, that it's camp, no, isn't it? But I do think he suits that story. I could see him, you know, tripping all over the set, and and I, I, he would do time. It's very colourful, like Colin Baker's Doctor. Yes, it is. You yeah. Know? Imagine the bit where he goes to the Rani, mop my brow. <laughs> Imagine Colin Baker saying that. Um, and the pre- uh, sorry, a story with a previous Doctor. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see something like... Um, I think Colin Baker's brilliant in Vengeance of Varos, but I think Peter Davison's Doctor would give it a... It would be a bit gentler. It would be a bit less in your face if you had a sort of morally upright Doctor like Peter Davison. Yeah, true. That would work really well. But you couldn't really because people would get him and Jason Connery mixed up because they both look a bit the same, don't they? In a way. They do. Well, they take off Peter Davison's clothes like they do Jason's <laughs> Connery. I don't think anyone, especially me and Lucy McCall, will be complaining. That's a good question. Thanks, Mikey. Mm. That was a good one. Uh, and the next one, this is from Meltham Rob. Did he do a Me- question Meltham last time? I think he did, Meltham yeah. Rob, yeah, he's back. Okay. Um, season 22 received complaints regarding the level of violence it contained. Mm. Do you feel the violence had already increased in season 21? You've already asked this question. I asked that one last yeah. time. Okay. Meltham Rob, your question was very good, but the answer's in the first part of this. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, Jojo123. Jojo123. <laughs> Hello. What's that? Unit? No, I'm sorry. They've been cut due to lack of funding. Alien Evasions? Well, when was the last time that happened? Sorry, go on. <laughs> um, favourite Dalek story from the 80s? Oh, Rev... Oh, fuck. Okay. My favourite Dalek story of the 80s is Revelation of the Daleks. But it's not because it's a Dalek story, because it's just a fucking brilliant story. My favourite story with Daleks in it of the 80s is Remembrance of the Daleks. I think mm. Remembrance is their best... Is, their best outing. They're back to sort of being the, in charge again, aren't they? I know Davros sort of pops up for some rice pudding at the end, but... It benefits from not having Davros all the yeah. way through. Yeah. Yeah. And those, do you not like the design of those Imperial Daleks? I mean, it's got the special weapons Daleks in it, so... He can take out three in one go. I know. And set, off, <laughs> <laughs> and set off all the alarms in London at the same time, honestly. It's just a bit like you, isn't it? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, okay, Jeff the Weezing Grampus. Oh, that's that's lovely Jeff Goddard. Oh, right, okay, sorry. It's Sometimes I read people's names and sometimes I read their ads, but I'm just seeing... That, that's right. Jeff Goddard. Yeah. He did a fabulous um, Power of the Doctor commentary. Will JNT ever get the credit he deserves Ooh. for overseeing a nearly full decade of Doctor Who and ensuring that it carried on post-89 initially with like the year sets like kept the legacy um, rather than being maligned for the shortcomings and lack of belief from the Beeb themselves I think that's already happened I think that book Life of the Scandalous Times of John Nathan Turner that documentary that's on the season 26 box set is it 26 the John Nathan Turner mm. one um, I think he's getting some recognition now in a way that he wasn't. And if you go and listen to my Planet of Fire commentary, which is not out yet, so you can't, in the future, we actually talk about how he can put the money on the screen in a pretty spectacular way and how his guest casting works. And Do you you think that John Nathan Turner does a lot of the same tricks that Rusty Davis did later? He brings in sort of prestige guest actors. Um, He tries to make it look as expensive as possible. He makes it fun and campy and accessible to children. I think Je- sort of Rusty Davis. Is- Rusty Davis is a better producer, and he understands television better than John Nathan Turner. But if you had John Nathan Turner with that mindset, yeah, it's very much and with the eye on the merchandise and the whole mm. branding, you know, with yeah, the regular yeah, costumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if he had that old branding mind, Ooh, he, he's it was got making, it all. It was making a fortune the worldwide. Prob- the problem was Eric Sword. Those some of those scripts. Okay. Well, the things you get with Rusty Davis is he's overseeing all of that amazing sort of dialogue and the story arcs and all of the characterization. That's what John Nathan Turner didn't have. He didn't have somebody else doing that. It is wonderful in that um, J&T memoirs, isn't it, where he goes, um, well... I did my job. I got the I got the studios booked. I got the actors in. Yes. I I got the budgets for the thing. All he had to do was sort out the fucking scripts. <laughs> Sorry, Eric's award. Sorry, mm. but you know what Eric's award would say, wouldn't you? What well, was all the fault of the producer John Nathan Turner? <laughs> <laughs> do, uh, do you think he's getting recognition now, John Nathan Turner? I think so. Oh, now I think yeah, I think people understand a lot more about what was going on and what he actually put up with and just get it on like we're lucky to have what we had i think if we if you talk to fandom in after season 18 his name would be lauded to the high heavens Mm. after the graham williams era if you talk to him after season 20 in the five doctors after the celebration thing at longley he was in the zeitgeist it's only after that and then i think what killed his reputation was the show coming off the air in 89 Mm. i think that was the problem and then after that, they were like, well, this is the guy that killed Doctor Who. I don't think anyone actually said that, but I think that was sort of the appealing in the air. I mean, it must have put up a lot with all the fans and stuff. I mean, fans, we're our own worst enemy. Well, why'd you say that? Because just you sort of criticise when he does... Oh, yeah. You know, well, yeah, you whatever can't you win. do, whatever you don't, you, you can never win. win. You can never win. A new episode comes out, and you just cannot win. No. Like, everyone expects it always to be the best thing yeah. ever. Well, can you imagine? Everyone is expecting that, and then the Twin Dilemma started. <laughs> <laughs> soon, coming soon to series, what are we now? 15, 16, yeah. whatever. Um, 45 minutes with gastropods on the ceiling in CGI. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, next question is from Chris Hogben. Hello, Chris. How are you doing? Um, and he is asking, which big monster should not have come back and watch, 
classic monster could have been used instead? In the 80s? In the 80s. Um, I think they... You know, I've been listening to Mission to Magnus this week. Yeah, you may well roll your eyes. It's a lot of fun, you know. Seal's creating woolly jumpers for the people of Magnus. Um <laughs> <laughs> I think the Ice Warriors could have been done pretty well in the 80s, actually. Um, they, they probably would have brought back the old costumes and given them a polish up. But think of the Daleks in the 80s and the Cybermen. They looked great. They did look really, really good. What wouldn't I have brought back? Oh, the Silurians and the Sea Devils. Neither of them. There was no point, really, was there? Samurai Sea Devils. Especially the Sea Devils. I mean, you could have had the Silurians, yeah. But what do the Sea Devils actually do? They're not... But it is weird when you bring back a monster and then you fundamentally sort of don't, do don't get what they're about in the first place. Like, originally they looked a bit more organic and the eye thing was a weapon. Well, now mm. the eye thing glows every time they talk. It's all a bit, I know that's a real fanish criticism to make. But I feel like if you're going to the effort to bring something back that was popular before, get it right? Is that I fair? I don't think anybody looked back and then... Yeah, it was just doing it for the sake of doing it to please the fans or to do, like, oh, this will get people interested. And it's like, well, no. Do you no. think we would have had really shit Zygons in the 80s? Oh, do you know what? Probably. <laughs> so it's probably good that we didn't. You know, like, what the Sontarans look like by the time the two Doctors happened, like, tall and terrible. without the masks fit in. And I yet, mean, I don't know, look at look at those monsters in the last couple of years. The Candyman is brilliant. <gasps> The Destroyer, like we said. Yeah. Hemovores. Hemovores. Cheater people. All of those. Mm. Mm. So well, it's more difficult to do fur than latex, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so you say. That's probably, that's Flipping probably what cats. it is. Probably, imagine though, those hemovores, you know, the original design, the white sort of... They're really scary. With, do you know what? Do you not think their mouths look like sphincters? I think that's why they didn't use them in the end. <laughs> I think like, that was a problem. I've seen a few sphincters in my time <laughs> and they do look like a butthole. What was I reading? Didn't John Nathan Turner at his dinner table or something? Or I, think, I, think, I can't remember. <laughs> Probably something that he might have done. Are you suggesting he invited guests round and make them put their asses in the air? No. Uh, oh my God. What are you talking about? He had the model of it maybe on his dinner table. I just imagined Oh, that, and maybe. someone went in it's like a like an old arsehole. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Chris, I hope we've answered your <laughs> question. Yeah, can I ask you a question? Okay. Would you have been excited if John Nathan Turner had still been around? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Carry not on the not if he could turn up with his arsehole in the I air. Did, I've never no. seen nothing. Would you have been excited... <laughs> to have had a script in Eccleston season by John Nathan Turner and David Roden. Uh, if it was called Dimensions in Time, then yes. <laughs> no, Dimensions in Time, the sequel. It would have been amazing to have John Nathan Turner, like, opinion on the RTD comeback. Imagine. Did, did you say that you reimagined Dimensions in Time in the new series? Well, you, it's very easy what to do. What soap would you use? Hey? What soap? No, it'd be exactly the same. Exactly. The what same. you do, extenders, extenders again? Extenders again. Oh no, come on! You could do something completely different, couldn't you? Like, uh, like one of the reality shows. Oh, I suppose so. Yeah. Gemma Collins. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, Rani. Well, no, right? you, just, you just swap out people, so take out Pat Butcher and put in Gemma Collins. 
you know, yeah. you get away from it. What are you saying? What combinations would you have, though? <laughs> would you have Christopher Eccleston and Bill Potts and... Yeah, uh, you can mix them all up, imagine David that. Tennant and Ryan. Oh, yeah. my God. That would be the hottest combination ever, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I could think of a very different film than Tom Edgerton in Time 2 for that pair. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. You're right, you know, you do set me right off, you do. Okay, next question uh, from... Will you just pass that tea over, please? Yeah, yeah, Thank you very sure. much. Uh, it's Sorry. from Robert Valentine. Oh, Robert Valentine, you angel. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think I was going to say? <laughs> he is an angel. <laughs> do you know what? He's so smart. He did a storyteller commentary. Well, people know because they've heard it now. But, oh, he's such a smart bloke. Anyway, go on. What's Rob got to say? Uh, would your feelings about the era yeah. be the same or different if the show hadn't ended in 89? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think had it had it gone on into the nineties with another producer, it would just be another era, wouldn't it? Like the Williams era, like the Hinchcliffe era, it wouldn't be sort of the the tail end of classic Doctor Who. It would just be another chapter in that story. So yeah, I genuinely think people would look back on the eighties with a lot more. Well, they they as we've already discussed, they do, but I don't think it would have had its gutter reputation. Had it continued, oh, and you know, I know, I know, you keep going on about this, but the nineties Doctor Who that we were denied, yes. Like I always think of um, Bug Series Two, which you haven't seen yet, which has got a, an arc with the Cyberax virus. We've started watching it, we've and they go made... into space and everything. We've seen some of that. It's basically Doctor Who, mm. and Ross Henderson is the Doctor, and uh, the fella who's been cancelled from Neighbours, Craig McLaughlin. And I think he might be back now, actually. He might be all right. Jesse Birdsall. Yeah. They're the companions. Ross is definitely the Doctor. She is the, the best, yeah. don't you think? Yeah. Can you believe they wasted I can't her? imagine, though, if they were going to go with Richard Griffiths as that 90s Doctor. I mean, And Julia Sawali as the companion. I can see her. I'm not sure about him. All I remember of him is in, he did Pie in the Sky around yeah, that time, didn't Pie he? Pie in the Sky. Yeah. I don't know, but I can't imagine him as the no. Doctor. Do you ever see him in that Vicar of Dibley episode where he was the, the vicar with the speech impediment? No. So he's doing like the, the christening speech and he sometimes goes, like this! <laughs> it's very strange. I just can't imagine it because he was in With Lane and I. He's that pervy uncle, isn't he? In is With Lane and I. And I swear, isn't he like the... Pervy teacher in the History Boys as well. I just imagine Richard Griffiths as this as the pervy. We can't one. look. Sebastian McCoy basically played the the Seventh Doctor as a pervy uncle, or at least if you listen to Jack Shanahan doing it, <laughs> oh, yeah. or in um, Zagreus, Uncle Winky, <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Winky. Hello, I am Uncle Winky. Anyway, sorry. Anyway. What was the question? Um, your feelings about the era, but yeah. Oh yeah, it. Rob. I think I think so, and I think. Yeah, I think it shouldn't have been cancelled. I think under any the fact that it was cancelled so quietly as well, I thought they were clever. Stealth, yeah. It, well, no, well, yeah, it wasn't had even stealth, was it? It was just we're just going everyone gonna... in the newspapers save Doctor O, Doctor in distress. You don't want another record, do you? I think they just said <laughs> it's not coming. Oh my god, <laughs> that's probably why they did it. They were like, we can't have another <laughs> Doctor in distress. We'll just don't say it's cancelled. Can I do it? Okay, go on. Thank you. What was that line about Ice Warriors? Uh, the seven feet tall. Oh, doctor in distress. Imagine that in the 90s, though. What? 
You've been making me watch 90s boy bands recently. Imagine (laughs) them doing Doctor in Distress. 911, take that and Boyzone all coming together. Except it would be like this, wouldn't it? It would be... You got Paris shaking. Turn it to my bones. (laughs) Was it? The doctor is... Mel Bush. (laughs) (laughs) Master manipulator. What song's that? (laughs) Doctor in Distress with 911 singing it. Take that, Lulu, Sylvester McCoy and Sophie Eldred. Oh. <laughs> Cherry <laughs> single, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, Perry. <laughs> you know you make me shake my tits. <laughs> anyway, sorry, sorry. Uh, yes, I do, do think it would be better, better considered uh, had it continued into the 90s. Thank you, Rob, okay. for your question. Uh, <laughs> next question from Mark Doddick. Mark Doddick, hello. Um, how misjudged, if at all, was Eric Sayward's ambition to release the handbrake on violence and portray the Doctor as a less heroic figure capable of failure? And how differently do you think 80s Who would have panned out if his tenure as script editor had been shorter? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> my screen went off halfway through that. Well, we all know um, what your answer I know, I know is. we've talked a lot about Eric Sayward, but it is very telling that a lot of these questions are Eric Saywood central. He does come up as a figure of the 80s, a controversial figure of 80s who. Yeah, but he did, he scripted so, five of nine seasons. That's why. Oh, yeah. Um, do you think that the 80s would be better considered if Eric Saywood hadn't stayed around so long? Well, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Although, do you know what, right? I think... Those Colin Baker years and the latter Peter Davison years, they are, it is too violent. It is a bit jumbled. But they're also really colourful stories. And I find them quite funny. I like the violence. I don't mind the violence. So I don't, it is, it's, it's, if it wasn't there, it's a type of Doctor Who we never would have had. But did you need Chloe Astroff being shot in Resurrection of the Daleks? Better than Floella Benjamin. I would. I couldn't imagine that. Imagine her. <laughs> Let's. What's what's inside this window? Oh, Dalek! <laughs> no. Um, Do you need all of that? The the question about Colin Baker being a more aggressive, flawed doctor. The that whole Mister Darcy thing, I think, was a brilliant idea. So him coming in unlikable and then becoming likable. and that we get to know him over time, and and he's a bit alien and weird, so he reacts. Tom Baker was a bit like that. Tom Baker could be a grumpy fucker in stories like Seeds of Doom and Horror of Fame Rock. And people lap it up. Colin Baker's a grumpy fucker and people really don't like it. And I think maybe because it's a bit more pantomimic, it's a bit less... I don't want to say subtle. I don't think Tom Baker's subtle. He was punching bloody chauffeurs. No, there's and... a different... In that, in that Tom Baker's a <clears> grumpy <throat> performance. I know what you mean. But with Colin Baker, no, he's shouty in your face... Tom Baker was never like that. Don't you love that, though, when Colin Baker's all shouting in your face? Not so much when Perry's, like, shying, going like, oh, I can't stand it. (laughs) You know, like, sort of screwing up her face, trying to keep away from him. Do you know what the worst one is? That's sort of more like... If I say this, you're literally going to win. Do you know what the worst Colin Baker example of being in your face and shouting? So when he goes, bad, bad, and then you think he's done, and he goes, bad, you're like, oh, my word. Like... Who is this supposed to be appealing to? Yeah, if Colin Baker played it a bit more like Tom Baker in that way where he Tom Baker's just a bit more sort of dismissive. 
Yeah, but and you, but not over the top. Where I don't think Colin Baker. Do you know what you get do though? That. Do you know what you get when Colin Baker's a complete arse like that, and then he plays against it. So you get that bit in Attack of the Cyber where he's like, you know, I'm a Time Lord, a man of passion, and he's screaming his head off, and then he just turns to Perry and goes, "I won't hurt you. I promise." Boop. Touches her on the nose, and it's really cute. I think Colin Baker found those moments. I think it could have been made to work really, really well. Interestingly, I don't think it did work because people turned off when Colin Baker was. Although someone did the numbers recently on Twitter after we brought out part one, mm. season twenty-two as an average got higher ratings by nearly two million than season twenty and twenty-one. Wow. So it wasn't critically; it may have been. Uh, unsuccessful but certainly in terms of viewer numbers it was more successful than Davison's wow. second and third year which is quite interesting mm. um, it wasn't done well and I don't think it was done well with Capaldi either I really like Arsenal Capaldi like I really like Colin Baker but I think for the audience it's a bit like it puts a distance between the doctor and the audience to make him be that sort of person that's going, you know, oh, you want to have a chat with that fellow who died? Well, he's the top layer over there. Go and say your condolences. Mm. You know, for him to be that nasty. Fraser Gregory's wife chipped out at that point. She stopped watching and she didn't watch again until the woman who fell to earth because mm. she was like, oh, I don't like this guy. So I think you can do it. But you've got to temper it. And with Tom Baker, those early Tom Bakers, you've got Sarah Jane and Harry in that first year. And he's really warm and kind and lovely with them. I think that makes a difference. Is it, You've got the two sides to him. He can be an arrogant arsehole mm. with authority figures and mercenaries and all of this. But he's still got his best friend that is going around the universe and joking and laughing with. Mm. What was the question again? Um, did it? Oh, was having him as a flawed character? Did did it work? Yeah, oh, I think it worked. I think. Oh, he said, "Does should he get more plaudits for it?" No, because I think it could have been made to work, and Eric's award didn't make it work. Yeah. <laughs> how, much, how much negative stuff can we say about Eric's award? Oh Jesus! And his uh, two books for Resurrection of the Daleks and Revelation of the Daleks are absolutely. Joey turns Tegan into. A, a, a bionic woman. I don't understand that. I At the end of Resurrection why? of the Daleks. I don't, but it does explain why when she fell off that thing in Power of the Doctor and we never saw her land, it does explain why she's still alive, you know? Well, then if she's a bionic woman, why don't she just take on the Cybermen? Imagine that. You know, sort of Matrix-style effects. Imagine Tegan sort of ducking and diving as the Cybermen are shooting bolts at her. Anyway, sorry, next right. question. Next question from David G. Uh, David G, Hello. Um, the 20th anniversary was one of the show's popularity peaks, but after that it went into something of a decline. Yeah, it's true. Is he just making a statement? From a show getting a big 90-minute <clears> special <throat> to the axe less than two years later, what went wrong? Well, we've already answered we've that question. That, we? We're not going to repeat it, so we'll say it together. One, two, three... Eric's, Eric's award. award. <laughs> Eric's award. Do you think? Do you not think um, Colin Baker was to blame as well? I don't think not so. Not Colin Baker at all. Never Colin Baker. No. And a finer ambassador for the show you could not meet. Um, another one from Fraser. Of course. Is eighties Who more or less progressive than seventies Who? Did we say that last time? No. Progressive. In what in. Yeah, but that's very broad. Does he mean in terms of sexual politics? I don't know. Do um, something. Regular politics in terms of 
technology i don't know morality um i think in terms of sexual politics so in uh sort of gender triumphs the 70s does better than the 80s <clears throat> and i think interestingly it's the late 70s it's the graham williams era which you've just gone through now tell me how many fabulous women that you've seen in the graham williams era not as many as like the 60s or are you kidding me right now fabulous women in the graham williams era Okay, I'm going to make a start by saying one the Ventum in Image of the Fendal. Hang uh, on. Hold on, no. <clears throat> she just, what, she just glowed a bit, turned gold and didn't say a word. Rodan, Romana, Leela, okay, Romana 2, Cesaro think... Diplos, Amelia Rumford. Oh, okay, there's a few. Hang on, not... I'm not done. Oh. Lady Adastra. She's not fabulous. Claire from Sharda. She is fabulous. She doesn't get much to do. She's on her own most of the time, just tinkering in that cupboard. There are brilliant, <laughs> not like brilliant, brilliant women. Off. What about Eileen Way in Creature from the Pit? Doesn't do very much. Oh, you are too harsh. Do, do you think the 80s is more progressive than in terms of women? No, I think the 60s is. Such in, as? Those characters that we had. Come on then, give me some examples. Faria. Um, Enemy of the world. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, actually, there's loads in Troughton's time. Miss Kelly. Miss Garrett. Miss Garrett. Um, Um, Kando from The Dominators. Do you remember her? Lady Jennifer. Yeah. Lady Jennifer. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So, no, we're saying neither the 70s or the 80s. We're saying the 60s, Fraser. Okay. Mm. Okay. Next question from Tom Keel. Hello. Hello, Tom Keel. Um, we sort of touched upon this last time, but in a hypothetical world, if any of the 1980s stories were missing from the archives, which would have a greater reputation by dint of being missing than they necessarily otherwise deserve? Do we have a similar question to this before? Oh, that was swap out one, swap a missing one for a thingy one. So what's so, he saying? If a story was missing from the 80s, which would have a better which, reputation which, which as a soundtrack? Have... Stories were missing from the archives, which would have a greater reputation by being missing, yeah, than they'd already have. So would their reputation be different if it was missing? See what I mean? Like, if we only had telesnaps of the verboids, would we be like, that's the most scariest thing ever? And we'd be trying to piece together how they walked and stuff. Do you you know what? I'm going to say something that you might not think I'm going to say. There'll be like a really blurry picture of um, Mel in the gym. Like, like, what's she doing? There'll be like this whole CJ recreation of how she might have done her gym equipment. And it will give uh, everybody um, a chance to speculate just what it was like inside the eye of the black hole of Tartarus. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You've taken a peek in there a few times, haven't you? <laughs> um, do you know what I'm going to say? Well, Dragonfire. Because I think Dragonfire as a script is quite witty and characterful. I think it's a good performance piece. But boy, it looks shit, doesn't it? It looks terrible. Imagine if you could just imagine Ice World and this fabulous freezer centre and this marvellous cafe and uh, singing trees, ice gardens, glitz. You know, imagine imagine seeing that in your head with an enormous budget because the sound effects are all very, you know, you get all sort of glistening, glistening mm. the ice sound effects and the, and the music's really kind of epic and cinematic. So I'm going to say Dragonfire. What about you? Better reputation. Yeah. Mm. If it was missing, it's tough. Mm, Dragonfire's a good shout. Um, maybe Twin Dilemma. You think, well, as a script, 
as a soundtrack. You only have the soundtrack. All you'd hear is one minute and we must going. But <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, know where it is or where just, we're going. You just wouldn't have to see any of the terrible acting. But, but we're prisoners. Pick up your pens. No. I think if any of the, anything's missing, it automatically has that extra level of something about it that just, yeah about even like the smugglers or something that people might not be interested in listening to the soundtrack oh but it's God. got that okay what if what if we well, had do you that? think the 60s is is more sort of well considered then because there are missing stories that people long to see do you imagine the 80s would be better considered if there was all these gaps or oh, we've just so used to seeing those ones. Like, I don't know. I'm desperate to see the King's Demons, the soundtrack of that fabulous song. But then you've got, just got images of Chameleon and he didn't move <laughs> so slow. <laughs> it would work, wouldn't, wouldn't it? Because in our minds, he's getting up and moving around yeah. really quick. And he's like, oh my and he's God. talking properly. We can only imagine how big Perry's tits are. Oh my God. From the very few images. Yeah. Have you seen that book, The Imagine Companions? Imagine John Pura doing telesnaps of Planet of Fire with Perry going, and he's like, oh, yeah, taking all these pictures of her on the beach. Have you seen that book, Doctor Who, The Companions? Yeah. In the first page, there's a picture of Perry in a gold leotard. You can see her pubic hair poking out. That is in a book for children. Well, I'm sorry, you think she'd have a little shave before that picture goes in. I mean, whoever put that picture in, you can't help seeing it. That was probably formative. You can just see her. Think of every straight man that's been on hands with a blunt pen knife. Oh, there's not many, is there? Mark McManus, Fraser Gregory. I bet that picture was formative for all of them. What was it in? Why did they take it? I don't know. For some it's magazine. a glamour shot of Nicola Bryan. I know. What was your sort of formative uh, bloke in Doctor I Who? I don't know. Oh. Mine was Dibber. Oh. A bit rough. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I'm asking the questions now. Okay, next question. Another one from Fraser. Oh, okay. Here we go. Um, just what is it, do you think, about Terminus that makes Sci Heart love it so Oh, it's very strange. Just why? Do you know one really? time? No, he doesn't. He oh. hates it. Oh, okay. But Fraser's been going on about me and Sai doing a commentary on Terminus for bloody ages. He doesn't like it, Fraser. The joke is old now. No, the joke will never be old. Um, he doesn't like it, though. No. You better move okay. on. Or I'll be rude. I've got another Fraser one actually as well. Oh, okay. I'm just on the thread here. Of of just all Fraser questions. Okay, this is a biggie. A, a sensible, <laughs> serious question, not no. snog, marry, uh, plasmaton, cheese. This takes a bit of concentration. Okay. okay, you ready? Yeah. You have seven stories you can pick from all of 80s Doctor Who. Yeah. To build your ultimate 80s Doctor Who super season. Oh my God. What stories and what order? That may be why. the best question we've had yet. A super. Se- okay, you've got to do this as well seven then. Seven stories. That's quite a lot, actually, seven. Okay, um, I'm going to go a bit niche, so I'm going to say... Do you all have to make some <clears throat> No, 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 it could just be seven stories. So I'm going to say Warrior's Gate. I, is this in the right order? So that's your season opener, Warrior's Gate. Everyone's switched off. That <laughs> <laughs> like coin flipping up. Everyone's like, what's going on? Oh, They've switched ten off. Ten minutes going through the corridors <laughs> yeah. of the spaceship. It, it's no more dreary than the beginning of the leisure, you know, going across all those deck chairs. <laughs> Um, no, I'm just choosing seven stories, all right? I'm not building it into well, an actual season. Said, what order would you put, put them in and why? So, <sighs> Fraser. Okay, well, I'm going to say my stories. Okay. Warriors. I was about to say Warriors of the Deep. Warriors Gate. Yeah. Um, Earthshock. Mm-hmm. Snake Dance. Frontius. Mm-hmm. 
That's four already. Shit. Um, <clears throat> Kate Mandrazani. Oh, you've gone quite gritty. You've gone quite... Revelation of the Daleks. Mm. And Ghost Light. Man, wow, what, what a, a season. season. There's not much light in there. That's the way hard, to the zoo. That's sci- the way to the zoo. Sci-fi the monkey concept. house is nearly full, but there's room enough for you. There's a little <laughs> bit of light. We're so glad she has to go. But where is she going? Go on. I don't know. To Java. Oh. Go on, what's um, your seven? Uh, Remembrance of the Daleks. Okay, that's your opener. That's me opener. Yeah. I beg uh, your pardon. <laughs> and then I go Visitation. Okay. I go Historical. We do a sort you of You don't new even series. like the Visitation. I do like the Visitation. Oh, it's very simple. Of course you do. Remember, you go start off with a Dalek story, get everyone in, then you go History. Run around a forest. And now we need episodes. to go somewhere in the future. So then... Yeah, maybe Frontios, actually. Okay. That would be a good one, then mm-hmm. Frontios. Um, and then we need to go sort of back to Earth again somewhere. And that's sort of that, that's your mid season sort of slump. So what? maybe I'd do Ark of Infinity. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Of a, mm. Ark of Infinity. And then we want yeah. to get the viewing figures up again. So maybe I would put. Uh, you have like Battlefield, can you? Unit coming back. Battlefield, very good. Yeah. You've got two there. more. Two more. You're leading up to I'm your finale now, finale. so it's sort of like you got to build up. Finale would be, I'd then have Curse of Fenric. Yes. What about Delta and Balamin last? Uh, no, and then your big finale story would be something like, oh, what do we have? Well, how's it going to finish? How am I going to finish the season? Then the Daleks would come back. Revelation of the Daleks. Oh, so okay. Can I do very quickly an alternative seven? Okay. This is going to be my camp. Okay. Season, oh you ready? God, yeah. So we're going to start with Megalos, yeah, and then next up we're going to have Fourth Doomsday. That's by Zeus, yeah. <laughs> Terrible season so far. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I didn't say it's going to be great. Um, we're going to follow that up with what's really camping season twenty. Oh, no, not really much, is there? Camp, no. Okay, we're going to go straight into Time Lash, um, followed by Time of the Rani. Followed by um, Delta and the Bannermen. Followed by Happiness Patrol. And finally, Silver Nemesis. Amazing. Okay. That's a good question, Fraser. I didn't really structure mine into a season. You did better with a structure of a season then. Well done. Uh, Darren Lit Roundels. Darren. Uh, Which Doctor would you choose to have an extra season and why? Collie Baker. Yeah. For sure. It's got to Although, be. you know, Colin Baker had as many stories as Sylvester McCoy. I really? just feel like Sylvester McCoy had a better innings, that's all. But yeah, they had they had exactly the same amount of individual stories. Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm just trying to find some other. I actually think Colin Baker might have had more running time, you know, because he had more four-parters. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Or two, two, 45 minutes. Um, are we done? I'm just trying to see. There are some sort of duplicate questions that I'm trying to. Oh, I'll keep people entertained. Oh. The Brigadier and the Master <laughs> and a canine computer. Are we done, actually? Oh, oh, well, then I'm going to ask you a few questions about the 80s, if you don't mind. Uh, sure. What is the finest comedy moment of the 80s? Comedy moment? Yeah. And why is it. Atric 
pretending to have fallen off his bike in Legopolis. <laughs> <laughs> that's great um Uh, nothing i'm just my mind went to mccoy then but there's nothing really there mccoy funny is there actually an out and out comedy i suppose paradise towers i think paradise towers is quite a dark comedy not intentionally there's nothing really comedy that i i I think is comedy nothing in the davison time really is it it's all a bit yeah and then, oh, I suppose maybe Revelation of the Daleks has some good comedy, isn't it? I there? suppose, if in the terms of well, dark comedy, I suppose. I remember, I suppose that it? is the those rose red ruby lips were made for kissing, but but not by you. <laughs> I love a woman who plays hard to get. Well, then you'll love me to death. Who's the best director of the eighties then? Graham Harper. Yeah, easy. I say that. Graham Harper. Who's After... the worst? Well, Pennant Roberts did Warriors of the Deep, didn't he? And Time Lash. Oh, did he do time? But yeah. What, you see, I would have said I would say Penn and Ron, Ron Jones, but Ron Jones got better. He he went. He what started. Did he do? Well, he did um, Black Orchid, and then Time Flight and Ark of Infinity. So I mean, started really badly, bad land, wasn't he? Poor old Ron Jones. But then he did Frontius and Vengeance on Varos and Mind Warp, and so I think his direction gets better as he goes along. Peter Moffat, although I don't want Lucy McCall coming after me because she likes Peter Moffat. But then, he's you know what? He's okay. He's inoffensive. We say Peter Moffat. Do you like the two doctors? Okay. I, I like the two doctors. I like the five doctors. You like the visitation. Yeah. Do you like Mordred Undead? Yeah, that's done well. So there you go. So we like all of his stories. They're maybe not just as dynamic as they could have been. No. Who's the best villain of the 80s? And why is it... Look at these microbes. They're evolving even as I speak. No, that isn't. I think Sheriff's Check is pretty good. Um, that ultimate villain. You think Sheriff's Check's the best oh, villain yeah, of the 80s? I think he's very good, yeah. Oh, actually, I'm going to say one, and you ain't going to agree with me. What? Um, I'm going to go somewhere where people know how to be happy, where they know how to control themselves. I'm not a fan of happiness patrol though, you see. Why not? I don't know, I just think it's a bit boring sometimes. Where there is no compassion, where there's control. It's great. No, I've never really liked that one. Apart from the candy man. I love the candy man and the candy kitchen. But all the other fucker on this thing loves the happiness patrol. Everyone loves the happiness patrol. I think that's the story that that's the one story that everyone loves that I What you're most out of sync with. Yeah. That and Paradise Towers I'm just not a fan of. Okay, well then I'm gonna round this up. With um, a little game I like to call Describe in One Word. Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to pick random stories from the 80s. And then you've got to describe Oh, no, it should be the way around. I well, should no, be doing no. that to you. You can do that to me with characters and uh, villains and things, all right? Okay. So, The Leisure Hive. Um, boring. <laughs> Keeper of Trakan. Uh Melka. Is that, is, that, is that good? Oh, is it? I thought it was the first word that came into my head. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Uh, Castrovalva. Um, TARDIS corridors. You love them, don't you? Mm. Okay. These Earth are very shock. descriptive. Oh. Violent. <laughs> yeah, violent. Um, the King's Demons. Chameleon. Hey, <laughs> Chameleon. I love Chameleon. I really do. Do you really? Oh, I wish he'd been in it a bit more. Kill me, I, Even if he was just sort of propped up against the TARDIS console and he moved his head a little bit and said a few lines at the beginning and end of each story, I think that would have been great. Like a bit of a canine. The Awakening. Um, 
Oh, what's her name? Oh, Polly, Polly James. James. What does she keep saying? <laughs> Who's the guy that she keeps saying the name? What? Oh, come on, Ben. Oh, oh Ben, yeah, oh, Ben. Ben. As in the poltergeist. <laughs> come on, Ben. Come off it, Ben. And what she says was, what is it? <laughs> Doctor. My favourite bit in The Awakening is when Tegan runs off upset. She has a bag and she just puts it on her face. <laughs> <laughs> then someone nicks it. Then someone grabs it. <laughs> She's like, oh, hey. <laughs> oh, I love the fact that we meet our fucking grandfather and he gets one line, doesn't he? <laughs> Next time you drop by, give us a bit of warning, will you? Yeah, that's his whole thing. Oh, I like the dear. awakening, actually. Nice you like it? Short story. Lots of people like that. I and think it's, it like should have been a four-passer. Baby malice on the wall. Should have been a four-passer. Oh, it, it's no. missing a lot from having no proper setup, I think, mm. and chance to explore the characters. There's just a lot of set pieces. Probably why you like it. It looks good though. Um, okay, uh, one from season twenty-two. So I'm going to choose Mark of the Rani. <sighs> I'm not a fan of that one much either. Do you ever see Luke Wars package though? No, you always talk about that. It's huge. Well, I didn't notice it till Pete Lambert pointed it out. <laughs> um, Mind warp. Ah. Oh complicated it's very complicated it's so this is here's an example this is bad 80s running whoever it was producer script editor director you say ron jones why couldn't anybody explain the script to colin baker about playing what or well they did you know what i mean do you know where they did it how do they do it when he was doing the commentary years later with philip martin philip martin explained no the reason why you're acting out of character isn't because the matrix is lying or the doctor's pretending to be evil it's neither one of those reasons it's because the brain equipment that they put him him in at the end of episode one you know where he's going Mm. and sort of gurning on camera that's just been on king yukanos it leaves a print of the previous brain so he had a print of Yukanus's brain on top of his brain, which is why he's behaving sort of violently and, and out of character. Oh, wow. See, why isn't that? Because <laughs> no one explained this it to is him. Why. That's an example, though, in terms of everything else. John Nathan Turner's great at doing all of that. And it's not actually his job to explain the script to Colin Baker, really. Whoever it was, someone's kept their eye off it. Yeah. This is where those details are really important. Because then you get that dislikable character and what are the audience supposed to think if they don't know what's going on? How do we care about what's happening? That's a bit more than one you word know? about my world, but well but, done. But, you know, that's an example of sort of where the 80s went a little bit wrong around that time. And I can't think of any other time, I don't know, 60s, 70s, where you get things like that where it's like, well, we didn't know what was going on. You know, again, Terry Sticks or Bar- Barry Letts would never have been like, well, we don't know exactly know what's going on. Ask Barry Letts. You know, on those commentaries, Barry Letts can explain every little minute That's decision yeah, and detail and bit of the script and everything that went on and why that's happening or why we did that. Well, Barry Letts is a man of great integrity. Whereas if I think it was some of those 80s production team, they'd be like, well, we just didn't have enough time or it was just, you know, we were just up against it and we just did it anyway. You know, I feel like it's a bit like that. I'm glad you weren't there a we fan go. in the 80s, you know. I know, do you imagine if I would have been? If you'd but have... also saying that, I I like all of Doctor Who. There's not anything that oh, I Oh, no. Can, Sorry, I just know. meant it might have been you in that production office with the time lash script under the desk. You're very pretty when you were younger. <laughs> you might have had Gary Downey sidling up to you saying, ever had two in you. I never oh. said that to you at that convention, did I? Okay, <laughs> three. Um, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, don't abandon. Fun, uh, energetic. Oh, 
Uh, yeah. Uh, Silver Nemesis. Um, we surely do, honey. Uh, we surely do. I'm going to ask you some descriptive things. I'm going to. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to do quotes. You know that, right? Well, okay. The Valiard. <laughs> um, and if it does... I shall ask this court to take your life. Oh, he's fabulous. I think Michael Jason is a very bizarre man with some very interesting views at conventions. But boy, he gave a brilliant performance. He almost single-handedly lifted that season way higher than it had any right to be. Um, I think he's brilliant. I think him, uh, Linda Bellingham and Colin Baker in those courtroom scenes, I mean, they would be in fucking interminable if he wasn't there. Uh, the Watcher. Really interesting idea. Really, and I think those sequences, like where you see him on the bridge as this sort of spectre, and Tom Baker looks absolutely haunted after being so in control for six years. Interesting, really fascinating concept of a sort of in between. Is it a regeneration, or is it just a portent of the future? Is it ever explained properly? I don't think. I think that's part of the charm. Mm. <clears throat> Um, Terraleptils. Uh, the animatronics were good for the time, but the whole thing just looks really clunky. I don't think we really quite get under the skin of the Terraleptils, so I think they're very successful. The Rani! It's Kaomara. I mean, she's just fucking sublime. The, the outtake in um, Dimensions in Time where she goes, uh, can you just be a less, less camp, Kate? Less camp. She just looks straight to the camera and goes, what show am I working on? <laughs> she's amazing. And she's amazing when she's playing it straight in time, Mark of the Rani. And she's even more glorious in Time of the Rani where she's camping it up. Glitz, glitz, sablon glitz. Brilliant. I think it's that sort of Garon over-the-top showman role, Jago, that he writes so well. Tony Selby, perfect casting. He could have come back more as far as I'm concerned. Chasini. Oh, the Francine Grig. <laughs> but that noble history lies behind me. But ahead lies a... Vi- well, she's basically Serverland, isn't she? Um, but Serverland's fucking amazing. So, God am I, everything you're naming, you're making me think the 80s was the best <laughs> era ever. Keep going. Um, Adric. Oh, you had to bring me back down to Earth, didn't you? Do you ever see that claymation thing of Adric landing mm. on the Earth and the dinosaur eating him? What about the... The boy that time forgot, the big Finnish audio, where he's king of the crab people. And he said he fancied Nissa. Did he? Didn't he say that? Oh, he always liked her and tried to get her as a... Oh, I don't want to know. Um, Adric is a good idea. The idea of the Artful Dodgy character, all it needed was a charming, decent actor. And unfortunately, we got a young Matthew Waterhouse before he knew how to act. The Keeper of Trakin. Oh, it's Dennis Carey. It's Professor Chronotus. Literally, a fly caught in honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Keeper of Dragon. It's a lovely, lovely story. I can see why you like it so much. Brigadier Bambera. <laughs> to quote someone else we know, Queen! <laughs> She's amazing. She is amazing. She should have been back. And been, we were in 90s Who. The Bambera, what's it called? Uh, Seabird. Seabird 1. Seabird 1 series. It just shows you how great she could have been. Um... The dragon in Dragonfire. 
That's a brilliant idea. Again, like, yeah, let's lose the visuals. <laughs> it's such a great idea that this thing that's keeping him there is the thing that's holding the thing that will set him free. It's a proper, like, fairy tale idea of... Um, but it does look terrible. It's top-heavy, isn't it? So it looks absurd. Especially with that cute little girl waving her hanky at it. Um, Good night, Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's you who that is, anyway. What? <laughs> no, I'm not recording, anyway. I'm gonna... I don't, want... I don't um, want to know what you're going to say. Meseleski. If you finish with my tracksuit, she's great. <laughs> um, if you finish with my tracksuit. That's what she says in, in to Mel when she's trying to find the tape. Oh. Um, we can't unlearn knowledge. Think of Galileo. It's fucking Honor Blackman. She's amazing. <laughs> okay, we've got um, we've got three minutes to so just okay. do one more. Mr. Jabel. Oh God almighty. You've killed me. I would rather run away with my mother than own a <laughs> fawning little creep like you. Oh Brilliant. I mean in a... one of the best performances, actually. <laughs> Are you picking your nose? It's um in terms of like grotesques in that season, he's the most grotesque character. Mm-hmm. Was it? It's a shame that it it wasn't made of rock. No, it would take a mountain to crush an ego like yours. <laughs> okay, one more, one more. For Marcy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, those two are the traitors. <laughs> Do you remember that being? <laughs> you mentioned For Marcy. <laughs> um, well, it's nice that they're not made in cyberspace and that they're made out of lovely green fabrics. But they do look a bit fake, don't they? Mm. June Hudson did say don't give them a close-up, you know. No. Okay, before we out, let's let's have a little celebration of the 80s. What do you think is the best thing to come out of 80s Doctor Who? And I'm in an individual story. What's the best thing to come out of 80s Doctor Who? I think I've got a. I think I've got an answer. Oh, the best thing to come out of 80s Doctor Who, mate. Do you know what? In terms of characters, I'm gonna say Ace and all of the stuff that Andrew Cartmore did. The Doctor and Ace. And I was going to say something quite similar. Because I think it was the first time a companion was examined yeah. in that way. And it yeah. led on to, obviously, the New Adventures doing it in an extreme way. But then the new series doing it in a really fantastic way. Mm. Yeah. And in uh, for purely personal reasons, um, please. But no, I mean, I'm being genuine now. For purely personal reasons, it's Colin Baker's Doctor. Because when I was growing up, I needed a bit of a hero figure. And, you know, no, look at me like that. But Colin Baker, genuinely, I got that trial of a time of a box set at a very difficult time when my dad was going to prison, my mum and dad were getting divorced, my sister was off the rails. I had a whole season of Doctor Who to watch over and over again with this big, bold, bright hero. And he is still my favourite Doctor of all the Doctors because at that point I needed a hero in my life. And, and it was Trial of the Time Lord. Trial of the Time Lord. And I was even obsessed. all of that stuff with the character no, and I was obsessed with it. I don't stuff care. Was still... I was absolutely obsessed Ooh. with that season. And I still love that season. I can see all of its flaws, but it was sort of there for me at a time when I needed it. So, mm. yeah. Although I do genuinely think the best thing to come out of the 80s is the latter-day characterization. Yes. And, and okay, we've got a minute and a half. The best story of the 80s. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm just going to go Five Doctors. That's <laughs> Just because it was a fair. great celebration and fun and just did everything that you wanted. 
then with story a to do. minute to spare, I'm going to be bold and say, I think the best story to come out of the 80s is an Eric Award story. <gasps> it's Revelation of the Daleks. Yeah, I, I mean, I do love that story. I mean, we've been so harsh on Eric Saywood, but he had did write some good stuff as well. That is pushing like, the show in very mature, mm. very dark, very comic and If only all of it directions. could be like that and yeah. have that eye over yeah. it. And you're so harsh on him because actually he has done some really good stuff and you just wish it had been all like that, in a we, way. We, uh, we, we lament the fact that he was sent off, you said, you know, he yeah. probably went on holiday instead of doing the scripts, but J&T went, go on holiday and write Revelation of the Daleks, and look yeah, what happened. Yeah. But I don't know if it was all like that. I mean, there are some people that don't like Revelation of the Daleks, that don't like that tone, so... But I personally, I do like that tone. In <laughs> So we'll say Eric's award... You're a bit shit, but you but, could... But you do love him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh.